Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Shefty with me live in a second on the Shell Pinzo performance line, and then Wendy will join me after that. Shefty and Wendy, two of my favorites. NFL season starts tomorrow, so Shefty obviously has a million things. And then Wendy was on Get Up this morning and has outstanding insight into the Giannis situation, the parallels you can draw to the LeBron situation of 10 years ago, and what the future looks like. We'll do all of that in just a moment. I also would like to mention, we just did Who You Got with Bubba, and I was remiss in not telling you that Who You Got is brought to you by Granger. As you get back to business, Granger is there to help with supplies and solutions for every industry. Safety recovery guides, 24-7 support, and a whole lot more. Visit Granger.com slash recovery. Again, this uh, NFL season, which kicked off uh, tomorrow night, is one that I look forward to as much as any I can ever remember. Perhaps in large part because there was a time when I genuinely wondered if we were going to get football at all this fall. Sort of feel like I appreciate it more, and, and so far, so good. And they will kick off tomorrow night in Kansas City. And we'll see where they will go. And, of course, in the middle of it all, as always, is my buddy Adam Schefter, who's with me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Um, so, Shefty, I, I just wonder, as you sit and, and you hear, you watch, you know, your friend Woj, you and Woj are sort of, like, connected at the hip. You see him now with all this Giannis craziness. I wonder if, if, if you are maybe the only person in the world who can relate to all of the craziness that a guy like Woj is going through on a day like this where Giannis is the number one story in sports and beyond. Well, there are a number of things that Woj and I relate on, and it, it's why I love having him as a colleague and have so much respect for his work and why we talk on a regular basis about what we do and how we handle certain stories. And there are things that he knows that I'm working on. There are things that I know he's working on. And it's great to have somebody bounce something off of. And yes, in the case like Giannis, you're talking about the best player in the game. You're talking about all the speculation that will come along with it. You're talking about people wondering where his future will take him. Um, but we'll see. That, that, that'll that be Woj's big task during the offseason. And he never got really an offseason this year because you went from the NBA season shutting down to all the speculation and questions about when it could begin. And then it does begin. And he goes and lives in a bubble. And he's in the bubble during a lot of personal events in his life. And... I have great respect for him and everybody down there that's uh, basically surrendered their personal life, surrendered their entire life, uh, players, coaches, staffs, to make this happen and to give us all entertainment pleasure each night because it's, it's been great to watch. It's been great to watch for me. I agree. And I can tell you this, knowing Shefty as I do, Shefty knows basketball, and we can do that sometime on the show here. We'll talk about the hoops, but I have more important stuff for you today. So I'm, I'm going to sort of let you open up the notebook here. As the season kicks off tomorrow night, what are the most important things fans need to be aware of at this minute before everything starts tomorrow? A few things, I think. Number one, big picture, Greeny. I think we're looking at the most unpredictable season the NFL has ever had. It's always unpredictable. It's one of the reasons that it is the most popular sport because you never quite know what to expect. And I think it's that multiplied this year because there was no off season. There was no training camp, really. There were no preseason games. It's just a different deal. You have the pandemic hanging over everybody with regular testing. Who knows who's going to lose what player at what point in the season. And I just think that if you said to me today, that we're going to get a, I'm making this up, Chargers-Lions Super Bowl. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me because I don't think anything should shock anybody this year. And 
the surprises we get starting tomorrow night in Kansas City will be multifaceted. So I start there. Then if we're going to go to that game, we've never had a game where there's been $633 million with the quarterbacks on the field at the same time, the way there will be tomorrow night with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, both have got massive new deals this offseason that have helped elevate the salaries of the players at that position. You have the debut of, I think, the most anticipated rookie from this year's class. I know Joe Burrow has the fanfare and the status of being the number one overall pick, but uh, in the fantasy football community, there is tremendous intrigue about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the Chiefs running back, and how Andy Reid will use him. So I think that's fascinating. And then we go to Sunday. Uh, we pick up the storyline. Tom Brady debuting for the Buccaneers. The Rams opening a new stadium in L.A. Uh, what, a 4 or $5 billion stadium that no one's going to be at other than the Rams and the Cowboys. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy, all the things. Not to mention all the surprises that we will see. And knock on wood, I hope we don't get a lot of injuries, but I worry about that going into Sunday. Yeah, with the unusual circumstances of the preseason. Speaking of injuries, like every once in a while something will happen and I'll see it on Twitter, on your feed, and, and, and or one of the others, and I'll think to myself, that can't really have just happened. Von Miller couldn't really, on the last play of practice yesterday, have suffered an injury that will likely cost him the season. What the heck happened? The very last play was amazing to me, as I was talking to people last night, is that it was snowing in Denver yesterday. So they practiced at their indoor facility on their training grounds, which, again, if it's a nice day, they're outside on grass. And I, I don't know that the perfect thing to do with it, but they're inside, and it's the very last play. He was rushing the passer, took a funny step, and bam. Uh, damages a tendon in his ankle, getting a second opinion. They think he's going to need surgery. They think he's going to miss the season. We'll see whether he can come back from that. But it happens every year. Like, think back a few years ago, four years ago, I believe it was Teddy Bridgewater, week before the opener, goes down. Mm-hmm. Career threatening knee injury. They have to trade for Sam Bradford. Brutal. Think of the injuries we've seen already so far this season. Derwin James, which they played on hard knocks last night, it looked like he was reaching for his hamstring, which I initially was told by somebody with the Chargers it was a hamstring injury because that's what they thought it was. Turns out it's a knee injury, surgery, season over. Terrell Williams, the Raiders wide receiver, shoulder injury, season over. Grant Delpit, the Browns rookie safety, torn Achilles, season over. Von Miller, potentially season over. We haven't played a game yet. Yeah. These, so it worries you. Yeah, I mean, that, that we didn't have the preseason games where, as I've always said, all you do is you wait when the play ends. You just hope that everybody stands up and walks back to the huddle. It was always the most important thing. And then you will always inevitably lose important players along the way. I'm Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting small businesses with specialized coverages for commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I can't let you go without asking about my beloved Jets. People ask me about it all the time. Um, and, and what the expectation is there. It is an up and down. It has been an up and down off season. It, I think the up of it has been that they remade an offensive line in front of a young quarterback who they desperately need to develop. So I like that. The down of it is they lose their two best defensive players. One they trade to Seattle. The other one is uh, opted out of the season. What should, uh, and, and Shefty is, is very in tune with all of this. What, what kind of year am I looking forward to here, Shefty? I think, again, first of all, on the uncertainty alone, I think they'll be better than people are expecting. I think the Jets fans don't have high hopes. So I think that they will exceed expectations. But I will say this. I also think the Patriots are going to be better than people think. 
And stop me when you've heard that one before, because when people <laughs> discount Bill Belichick and they discount Cam Newton, usually they're proven wrong. And so something tells me that that New England team will be a little bit better than people are expecting, and that's not good news for your Jets. But you're used to seeing that over the last couple of decades. Nothing, Shefty, could be more Patriots than getting Cam Newton for nothing and him being great, right? I mean, nothing could be more Bill Belichick than that. Every team in the league could have signed him. None of them did. He got him for the absolute minimum, and he's going to just know he's going to wind up playing great. And I, I, I think that they know they have stumbled onto something there. Now, again, we'll see on Sunday, right? That's one of the great parts of this. See, we put on preseason games in other years, and you hear about a certain guy, you hear like, oh, Saquon Barkley's great. And then you see him in a game like, oh, boy, he's going to be really good. And you just know it. But we don't know anything right now. We just don't know. And so we'll put on the games on Sunday – and I can tell you this also, coaches are a little alarmed about how to use certain guys, how much to use certain guys, because you don't want to overdo it, being that they haven't had any contact yet, really. I mean, they've had some contact, but not in a game situation. And so when we get into the third, fourth quarter, games are closely tested. It'll be interesting to see how coaches decide to use players, how much they're pushing them at that point in time. But again, we're going to watch Sunday. Um I was talking to a team this morning, right? And yeah. so I don't want to say the team or the player. It doesn't really matter. Um, but we have our ESPN 16-team war room fancy draft. So I'm calling around getting last-minute tips, and I'm on the phone <laughs> with the team. And, and I say, you know, who's, who's going to be better on your team than you think? And, and I was told the name. I never heard the name. I'm like, so this guy's going to be good? And they're like, this guy's got a chance to be really good. I'm like, wow, okay. So now my antenna's up for this guy on Sunday. Um and, and we'll see if it works out. I, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I've had coaches tell me before, Greeny, watch this guy. This guy's going to be great. Um, you know, I remember specifically one year. Th- this comes to mind. Uh, I covered the Broncos in Denver for a long time, 16 years, and the coaching staff was telling me, this Chris Howard, our fifth-round pick for Michigan running back, wow, is he unbelievable in practice. I said, wow, I can't wait to watch Chris Howard, especially as a Michigan man myself. Gets into the first preseason game at Tennessee, fumbled two, three times. <laughs> Next preseason game, fumbled again. Never really heard from Chris Howard, who the coaches <laughs> thought was impressive. And they loved, right? And then there are other times, I remember I had Hugh Millen, the Broncos' backup quarterback, in training camp, pulled me aside at the end of training, right at the end. He said, it was 1995, and he said, this team's doomed. I said, what's the problem? He said, we don't have a stallion in the backfield. I said, no, no one back there can do it. He said, we do not have a stallion in the backfield. And that year, Terrell Davis ran for 1,117 yards and, ran the off- and won the offensive rookie of the year. So it was in front of their own noses. And that's not a criticism of, of the Broncos coaches or human. Or any- it just goes to show you that people who are watching it don't often know what's going to happen. Tomorrow night, we'll start to figure it out. And, Shefty, it's been a lot of fun working our way through. You've been with me so many mornings as we've been sort of waiting for this for the last six months. And tomorrow night, we finally get there. I'm looking forward to it, and I'll talk to you in the next few days. Thank you very much. Greeny, have a great day. Great, for, great to be with you. Be well and stay safe. All right, you too. That's my man, Shefty, with the very latest from the NFL. Let's turn our attention then to the NBA. I am Greeny. We are on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And right now on the Shell Penzo Performance Line is insider extraordinaire Brian Windhorst from the Hoop Collective podcast. And, and I wanted, I really wanted to get Wendy on 
Because, Wendy, first I got some notes from you this morning, and then you came on TV with me on Get Up this morning, and you were pointing out, and I think that everyone will find this fascinating, the similarities, the parallels between where Giannis and the Bucks are right now and where a team that you know so well, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, were a generation ago. I'd love you to pick that up from there. Every day that goes by, I am more and more amazed by the similarity. So to take you back, 2008-9 Cavaliers, 66 wins in the regular season, number one overall seed. LeBron wins the MVP award, juggernaut, uh, unstoppable. Um, they go 8-0 in the first two rounds of the playoffs. They run into a terrible matchup for them. The Orlando Magic can get beat in the conference finals. The Magic owned them during the year. They didn't think they would see them. They upset the Celtics in the playoffs. They end up uh, beating them in six. It could have been five. And they felt within seven seconds of the season ending, it was like, well, LeBron's one year from free agency, and it came on them like a ton of bricks. And there was pressure on Mike Brown, even though he'd won Coach of the Year. There were people calling for him to be fired. They were worried about how could they possibly deal with Dwight Howard. And so I don't know if it was a panic trade, but they went and traded for Shaquille O'Neal and over-the-hill Shaquille O'Neal. And it was like the clock started thudding on the wall. I look at the Bucks situation. Oh, my gosh. Great team. Ran into a bad matchup. I think there's going to be calls to trade for a guy like Chris Paul, uh, almost in the same situation, the same age as Shaq, although in better shape. I, there's questions about Mike Budenholzer going forward, and the clock is thudding on the wall on Giannis. It, it's, an, it's a really interesting comparison. The one, and I'm glad that you mentioned it there at the very end, that I think Chris Paul has a lot more left in the tank right now than Shaq did then. Do you believe that Chris Paul to the... Uh, to the to Bucks during this offseason, if they can figure out a way to do it, puts Giannis over the top and at least gets him into the finals next year. They've got to do something to bring more playmaking onto the roster. Now, if if John Horst, their GM, was sitting here right now on this call, he might say, you know, there might be some options out there that aren't going to cost us $40 million a year. Um, but I'm just saying they're going to be just like there were calls to get Shaq back then. Um, this team is is good, but they're not great. And that was the situation with the Cavs. They looked good, but in truth, they were not. In fact, the following year, they won 60 games and were knocked out a round earlier, which, which greased LeBron's exit. So they are going to have to do something with this roster, and they are going to feel the pressure. Greeny, I, having lived through it, it sucks. It, it, you know, I, I remember going to New Orleans at the beginning of last season and being there in the preseason. And I spent time with Anthony Davis and I spent time with their GM, Del Demps, and I spent time with Alvin Gentry. And I could feel on their shoulders the heat that was coming because they knew the Anthony Davis thing was coming. It sits on your franchise like an anvil. And, and, and fair or not, that's what the Bucks are going to have. Every maneuver they make is going to have that over its head. He has the option to extend and to take all this pressure off. But in all honesty, I don't see why he would extend. And I think that's going to make this very much of a challenging uh, upcoming 12 months. Wendy with me here on ESPN Radio. Right. Fill in that blank there for those who are wondering, well, why he could just extend now. It doesn't make sense for him to do that this summer because... Because he can get the exact same contract a year from now. There's uh, financial uh, uncertainties. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And and frankly, the only reason that you would extend is to take the pressure off of the Bucks. Uh, it would be a gift to the franchise. It would be a beautiful gift. 
I'm not so sure you want to do that, especially for a team that has, you know, I, want, I don't want to say they haven't spent because they've they've signed a bunch of guys to big contracts, but they have pulled back. They've used draft picks to get off of money. They they you know they they didn't want to pay Malcolm Brogdon, and their team you know got a little bit worse because of it. I think it's a situation where you want to keep the pressure on, and just it's not it's not about Giannis Greeny. You know, I think it's a mistake for people to look at Giannis and say, oh, that's like LeBron or that's like Dwight Howard or that's like Kevin Durant. This is a guy who never played AAU basketball. He has not been on Team USA. For him, his American hometown is Milwaukee. You talk to the people there, he says nothing but about how he wants to be there. I don't think anybody should make any assumptions. But objectively, if you were hired to advise him and give him straight advice, you would tell him, do not sign that extension. And so that is what I expect him not to do. And if he doesn't do that, again, the clock starts thudding on the wall. All right. So we head into the summer of uncertainty for him, although it isn't summer. On any other NBA season, it would be the summer of Giannis. This is going to be, I guess, the autumn of Giannis. In the meantime, we have the teams that are still in the bubble trying to win a championship. And one of them uh, is led by the young man that you have known literally your entire professional life, having covered LeBron James back when he was in high school in Akron. And last night, he won his 162nd playoff game, most of any player in NBA history. What do we say of LeBron and the Lakers right this minute? He was just spectacular. Uh, he was just spectacular. Um, so the good news is the Lakers, when they play at that power, they can win the they can win the championship. But as you watch the Lakers, there are four things that you go into every game with a question mark of: Will LeBron play well? It's it's yes, almost ninety eight percent of the time. He doesn't have bad games. Will Anthony Davis play well? Most of the time, we don't have as long of a history. He's had some great games. He's had some okay games. Okay. Will they defend? Well, they have one of the best defensive teams in the league. They haven't always done it, but very good. Will they get their role players to hit a couple of shots? Some nights it's Markeith Morris. Some nights, like the last two games, it's been uh, Rajon Rondo. Maybe at some point it'll be Danny Green the Lakers are hoping for. Those are the four categories. Unfortunately, because of the way the Lakers are built, they really need to hit on three of them. Unless LeBron is like 48 and 17, which he has those games in him, or Anthony Davis, you know, goes for 38 points and 21 rebounds. I mean, that's possible. They really need to kind of hit on all of those um, because they're kind of like a race car. When it's all fine-tuned, they look awesome. But when it's not, when one is off, when when, they're, when their role players are, are misfiring or Anthony Davis just has an average game or their defense is a little bit slow, it starts to fall down. And so you could almost go back to every game the Lakers have played in this bubble and look at those four elements and see how they line up. And that's what we're going to be watching, and I think it could go either way. I think this team could roll into the into the finals and win it, Behind LeBron, I think they could lose this round. I don't wouldn't bet on that, but I I think either are possible. Up two one on the Rockets as we speak. This is always fun. Thank you so much, Wendy. Great to see you this morning, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Green. Take care. That's Brian Windhorst with me again. His podcast, The Hoop Collective, he's terrific. Wendy is one of our best, and I, I love that he will tell you what he thinks. Um, as much as any insider that we have, and he's as well-connected as anybody. So you're sitting with the Lakers now up two one on the Rockets. I like the Lakers to win that series. Let's call it six. Clippers up 2-1 on the Nuggets. I like the Clippers to win that series. I'll call that one six as well. And so we wind up with the all-LA conference final that we've basically been expecting since the minute Kawhi and Paul George decided to go to Los Angeles. 
<clears throat> or, or found their way together to Los Angeles. So we get that final. From the very beginning, I've picked the Lakers. Half with my heart, because I'd like to see LeBron do it. The other half with my head. In the East, I told you before the season started, I like the Celtics. I see no reason to change my mind now. I think they put it away against the Raptors tonight. And then they go up against a very good Miami team with a great coach. Eric Spolstra is a great coach. Jimmy Butler is phenomenal. Everywhere he goes, when he leaves, that team falls apart behind him. I mean, what he leaves behind stinks. Uh, And he's a, a force to be reckoned with. I'll stay with my pick of Boston because I've been on them since the season started. I don't see an obvious reason to change. But if you told me right now Miami was going to wind up making the final, it wouldn't surprise me at all. What I'd like to do now with the NFL season starting tomorrow is throw open the phones. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-SAY-ESPN. And we will do what's on your mind coming up in just a moment uh, as you will just be, I want you to just ask me your NFL questions. We're going to do a rapid fire. Ask me just a quick, who's the best this? Who do you like for this? Who's the coach who this? We'll go through as many of them as we can as we look forward, all of us who are football fans, to kick off tomorrow night. 888-SAY-ESPN. Give me a call. I'll talk to you. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. So we're going to do what's on your mind here. I'm, I'm just going to go through a bunch of calls. I'd love you to ask me whatever. And, and this... It's sort of an idea. It's an idea we actually had originally for TV that I think will work even better here. I'm going to try and answer your question immediately, which is to say I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to give you whatever my first thought is rather than give it a lot of thought and, and try and give you some deeply nuanced answer. Let's just try something right off the top of our heads and see where it goes. So, Jared, you are first up on ESPN Radio. Jared, what's on your mind? Hey, Greeny. What's the uh, difference of roster makeups ratio-wise for rookies in the NFL this year in comparison to the past. And please show my brother Tyreek Hill some more appreciation this year. He's the best. Okay, so I'm having a little trouble understanding the, the, the question. Was the question about how the – Nuno, was it that, that there was no preseason? How will that impact the rookies? Correct. Okay. I think it will have a significant impact on the rookie quarterbacks. So Joe Burrow is is the, the only one who's going to start this weekend. I think Burrow is the goods, and I think he has as much chance to succeed under the circumstances that he faces as any rookie quarterback possibly could. That said, having the limited offseason that he's had, if that doesn't impact him, then it's one of the great accomplishments you've ever seen. I think it will have a huge impact on all of them, on the quarterbacks, on Tua, um, on Herbert, on any other quarterbacks who might play. Someone like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 
I don't think it'll matter to him that much at all. I'll tell you this. I'm in a fantasy league with a bunch of people who know what they're doing. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a first-round pick. We'll see him tomorrow night. He went in the first round of the fantasy draft among some people who really know what they're talking about. And I think Field Yates was, was advocating taking him in round one in your fantasy draft as well. So I think someone like Edwards Alaire is going to be great in Kansas City. I think the quarterbacks will be significantly impacted. Mike, you're next on ESPN Radio. Mike, what's on your mind? Hi, Greedy. I'm a huge Jets fan here. Um, I'm just wondering, what are your expectations for the Jets this year? Um, what do you think about Adam Gates' leadership? And um, what are your general list, like expectations for when we can turn this ship around? No. <laughs> That's a, that's a lot to unpack there. It, it, I, I am well on record as being very, very critical of Gase. I thought he had a terrible year last year. I thought that the, the politics of it were disgraceful. He didn't want Le'Veon Bell, and as a consequence, he wanted the whole world to know he didn't want Le'Veon Bell. And for an offensive guru, that was the least creative offensive game plan built around a great player that I've ever seen around Le'Veon Bell. That said, I'm rooting for him to get it right this year because I believe in the quarterback. I love Sam Darnold. I think he has as much talent as any quarterback the Jets have ever had and has a chance to be great. They've remade the offensive line in front of him, so that's good. They've lost their two best defensive players. One of them they traded. The other one is sitting out the season because of the coronavirus. So that is what it is. So I don't expect the Jets to make the playoffs this year, but I will be happy if the offense looks good and the quarterback takes a step forward. And if they don't, then I think they're going to be looking for another new coach, which is just the death knell of the development of a young quarterback. So, candidly, I think the whole thing is starting to look like a mess. I'm very worried it's going to be a mess. I hope I'm wrong. Ryan, you're next. You're on ESPN Radio. Ryan, what's on your mind? Green, this is Ryan. Uh, I'm wondering if this is the year the Lions can get it done. By that, I mean win a division. Look. If I had to bet an amount of money that mattered to me, would I pick the Lions to win the division? Certainly not. I mean, I, I, Minnesota is my pick in that division, and I think Green Bay is better than the Lions. I think the Lions are the third best team in a four-team division. That said, before he got hurt last year, Matt Stafford was having a sneaky great season. They finally got a bunch of running backs there. We'll see if they run the ball. Matt Patricia's a defensive coach. If you're looking for a team that's sort of outside the box that could surprise people with how good they might be, you could do worse than, say, the Lions. But I told you I was going to give you my gut reaction. So the gut reaction to your question, are the Lions going to win the division? My answer is most certainly not. It would certainly not be my pick. Could that? Could I see them making a, a run at a playoff spot? Remember, there are seven playoff teams in each conference. Could I see them making a run for a wild card? Yeah, but I wouldn't bet on it. Who is next? Jack. Jack, you're next on ESPN Radio. Jack, what's on your mind? Hey, Green, how do you think uh, Deshaun Watson is going to do this year without DeAndre Hopkins? Well, I'm very glad you asked me that question. We had a fascinating conversation on TV yesterday on Get Up. Greg McElroy, who was the quarterback at Alabama when Julio Jones was on the team, said that having Julio Jones in some ways hampered his development as a quarterback because he, was, he became so dependent on him, so reliant on him, that whenever anything didn't go the way he... Whenever the first thing he wanted to do wasn't there, instead of, and this is his words now, not mine, letting the play dictate what he should do, letting his feet dictate what he should do, which is the way quarterbacks talk, 
He just said, where the heck is Julio? And throw it in his direction. Hope he makes a play. It is my opinion that DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the National Football League. There are obviously a lot of great ones, and you couldn't go wrong with Michael Thomas or Julio, or maybe Odell will get back to where he was, and some other guys. There are plenty of really good ones. For my money, the best of them is DeAndre Hopkins. I think trading him is insane. Insane. In fact, it's one of the worst moves I've seen made by any NFL team in a long time. He just got signed. Arizona just gave him a bunch of money. Why the hell wouldn't Houston give him that money? doesn't make any sense to me at all. So the idea that Deshaun Watson, will it help his development? Will it make him a better quarterback because he will have to do other things and not be as dependent on the one brilliant player? Maybe. But the objective here is to win games. No one gets better by trading away their best player. So I thought that move was insane. And I think they become worse. And as a consequence, Deshaun Watson becomes worse. And Kyler Murray becomes an MVP candidate. That's what I think of the trade of DeAndre Hopkins. i got time for one more. Cody, you're on ESPN Radio. Cody, what's on your mind? Yes, I was wondering who you think will step up at receiver for the Houston Texans now. And do you think there's any chance that Deshaun Watson outplays Mahomes? All right, so the second part of that, I am the world's biggest Deshaun Watson fan. I talked about this yesterday here on this show. I started loving Deshaun Watson when I was watching him at Clemson, and I begged on the air for the Jets to take him in the draft, and they didn't. That was the year they took Jamal Adams, who's now in Seattle. And I think Deshaun Watson, and then he came here to my studio. He he sat in the seat I'm sitting in right now and hosted Get Up With Me one day. And anyone who's ever spent 10 consecutive minutes with Deshaun Watson loves him. He's as good, literally as good a young person as you're ever going to come and be around. And I think he's a brilliant player. And I've said a million times on TV, and now we'll say it here, that if Deshaun Watson had been drafted into the exact circumstances that Patrick Mahomes is in, we'd be talking about Watson like he was the best quarterback in football. But Mahomes was. And Mahomes is talented on a level unlike anything I've ever seen. The most important thing that Mahomes has going for him, though, are the circumstances. The coaching, the talent, everything else. But by talent, I mean Tyreek Hill and Jason, uh, Travis Kelsey and, and, and everybody else. So I think that Watson will not play, will not outplay Mahomes tomorrow night, and he will not outplay Mahomes in general. But in Deshaun Watson, you've got a top five NFL quarterback for the next decade. So you don't need to feel sorry for anybody in Houston because that kid is magnificent, even if he isn't as good as Patrick Mahomes. We're going to get to a point where we're going to say nobody is as good as Patrick Mahomes. We may already be there. All right, I'm Greeny. We have more to do here this morning. Coming up next, I will explain why history tells us exactly what the answer is to the biggest question in sports today. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I hope this story is true. Very quickly before I get to the how history tells us the answer to the biggest question, Nuno just sent me a story that I love and that would suggest someone doing an incredibly nice thing. This is from NorthJersey.com. I'll read it to you directly. Rookie wide receiver Derek Dillon had his contract as a member of the New York Giants practice squad terminated by the team. But there was a catch. Dylan became a new father in recent days, and having been in New Jersey grinding through training camp and now headed into the regular season, there's been zero family time for the 24-year-old Louisiana native who played at LSU. So the coach, Joe Judge, told Dylan to take the week, go home, spend the week with his newborn and his family, and come back the following week with the expectation of re-signing with the Giants' practice squad. Adding even more context, the Giants waited to make that roster move until after 4 p.m. Tuesday so that Dylan would get his paycheck of $8,400 for the entire week despite being away from the team. I hope that's true. I love that story, and I love the fact that, I mean, we've heard a million different people tell you what a cutthroat and cruel business pro football, all sports, but pro football, I think, in particular can be. If so, that's an extremely human gesture by a guy who's, you know, sort of creating a hard-nosed image for himself, which is fine, in Joe Judge. If so, I applaud him for that. It's a great move. All right. So history tells us exactly what the answer is to the biggest question in sports, and that history is 50 years old. Lou Alcindor was a brilliant rookie for the Milwaukee Bucks once upon a time. You know him. He's now known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was the greatest high school basketball player that ever lived, the greatest college basketball player that ever lived. Went to Milwaukee and was the NBA's Rookie of the Year. They wanted to win a championship. They knew they needed a piece around him. So who'd they get? They got an aging superstar point guard by the name of Oscar Robertson. The two of them teamed up the following year to win the only championship in Milwaukee Bucks history. And that's what Giannis needs now. He needs Chris Paul. The Milwaukee Bucks should take their young big man and Giannis Antetokounmpo and team him up with an aging veteran point guard near the end of his career, desperate to win a championship, and bring in Chris Paul. And worry about all the rest of the years on Paul's contract after that. A championship in basketball in any sport is invaluable. It's worth whatever sacrifice you have to make. Not to mention the fact that you want to convince Giannis to stay and he can leave after next year if he wants to. So in my view, 50 years after Oscar and Alcindor, we should have Giannis and CP3. Speaking of Giannis, I have a fascinating stat for you. It's brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. The stat is not a good one. And it is about the role that Giannis himself played and plays in the demise of his team. 
It is not meant as a criticism of Giannis. Giannis is an unbelievable player. Unbelievable. But he has one significant flaw in his game. Out of 169 qualified players over the last two seasons in the NBA, 169 players took enough jump shots to qualify for having a shooting percentage on this metric, the way they keep these statistics. Jump shots, just shooting the basketball. 169 players. Out of those 169 players, Giannis ranks 169th in shooting percentage. Literally last. In this series against the Heat that they lost, he shot 7 of 29 from outside the painted area. He can't shoot. Now, that is not to suggest he's not a brilliant player. Giannis is an unbelievable player. He's a top five player in the league. He's a generational talent. He gives you defense. He gives you rebounds. He gives you points. He gives you a hustle and heart and everything. I love him. But he's not perfect. There are very few Kawhi Leonard's. There are very few LeBron James and the whole history of the game. And Giannis isn't that. He may become that. Because most of these guys come into the league, they don't shoot like that. Luca is, don't let Luca fool you. Luca is once in a, in, a, in a million years. Luca's got everything. Giannis still needs to develop a shot. And until he gets one, they need the right pieces around him to win the championship. Again, that right piece, I believe, is Chris Paul. You get Chris Paul and a jump shooter, and I think you pencil in the Bucks in the in the finals next year. I think they win the East. Their biggest competition in the East will be KD, Kyrie, and the Nets. I think Giannis and Chris Paul, well, let's just put it this way. Giannis and Chris Paul and company against KD, Kyrie, and company would be epic. Epic. It would be everything the Eastern Conference doesn't have. It would be exactly what the NBA needs. It would be like a Laker-Clipper thing going on in the Eastern time zone. So to me, if I'm the NBA, that's my number one choice. One way or another, I've told you before, I hope Giannis stays long-term in Milwaukee. The league is better when he's there. They need to go out and figure out a way to help them win. It's been fun today. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, for Get Up on ESPN. I'm Greeny, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.